There's five games left in the regular season, and Syracuse basketball is playing its best ball of the season and just got its biggest win of the year so far. Do they have what it takes to keep this momentum up? Is it time to buy back into the orange? It's Locked on Syracuse, and it starts right now. Our Locked on Syracuse, your daily podcast on the Syracuse Orange, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome into your Thursday episode of Locked on Syracuse. And thank you for making Locked on Syracuse your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get podcasts. We got a filler episode today. We got a game on Tuesday. We got a game on Saturday. And today we sort of bridge the gap. What is the thing that is most pressing right now in the minds of many Syracuse fans? And I think it just is the season outlook. How do things look from here? What does the rest of the regular season look like? What's the ACC tournament slate starting to look like? And the big question, the money question right now, that seems like something that maybe wasn't a question or a conversation that we were going to have this season. Can Syracuse do enough? Do they have what it takes? Is there enough time left in the season to make the big dance? Can they make a bubble push and end up right where they've been for the last half decade plus at this point, right back on the bubble down the stretch this season? I don't know. We'll start with the rest of the regular season, and then we will progress to the ACC tournament and how that's looking at the moment, and then we will close this out with some NCAA tournament chatter uh, and sort of the outlook like that. But right now, Syracuse sits with five games left in the season in in okay shape. I think they definitely wanted to be better off. I think fans wanted to be better off. You look at that Bryant loss right now, that Bryant loss is now a quad four loss. So you've got to start rooting for Bryant a little bit to close the season out. They got a game against Vermont in a week that could come back into a quad three game, but a quad four loss looks terrible. Uh, And so that is now the current situation with Syracuse. So five games left. They are at 16 and 10. Good news for the Orange at this point in time is that they have decent games left on the schedule. They go Duke. They go to Clemson. They go to Pittsburgh. And then they finish off with Georgia Tech and Wake Forest at home. A little bit of an update in terms of the quads of those games right now. So when you're looking at the quadrants, Duke has fallen out of a quad one game. They were at 29 for a little bit. Right now they're at 34. So they are actively a quad two. And if Syracuse wins, I think they probably would remain a quad two. But Duke could, with a win over Syracuse, they're right on the fringe, bump into a quad one. So if Syracuse loses, that could be a quad one loss there. Um, but I think with a win, that would be a quad two win. And the good news for Syracuse is, is Duke has some bigger games on the schedule still. You know, they close the season with North Carolina. They've got NC State. They've got Virginia Tech still. Um, so they could rise back up if they get hot after a Syracuse win. So if Syracuse wins... You know, that is a quad two win pretty much guaranteed. And if you become a Duke fan, as hard as that is to be for any stretch of time, uh, they could push into quad one possibly uh, down the stretch if they can win a few games of their own. From there, you go to Clemson. 
which that game was outside of quad one for a little bit as Clemson had their skid. Uh, They lost three in a row to BC, Miami, and North Carolina. But Miami is now a quad one win on the road once again. So a quad one opportunity. They're currently 64th in the country. Um, And that is another one that maybe if they lose to Syracuse and don't finish the season well, that they could dip back to a quad two because Clemson's got a tough stretch ahead. They play Louisville on Saturday, then they play Syracuse, then they close out with NC State and Virginia before finishing the season at home with Notre Dame. So Clemson at the moment is a quad one. Your biggest lock for a quad one game is that road game at Pittsburgh to follow things up. Pitt's currently 48th in the net. I don't really see how that falls out of a quad one game. And I will tell you this, you wish you had that game back against Pitt early in the season because that one is a game changer and really would have been a huge win for Syracuse the way Pitt is playing right now. They're tied for first in the conference at the moment. Pitt's playing good basketball. They're winning basketball games. And that's a game that Syracuse would have wanted back. But that's a quad one opportunity on the docket right there. Georgia Tech is absolutely terrible. They are a quad four game at home. That is a game that you cannot lose if you want any scope of looking at the tournament. If you lose to Georgia Tech, that is just like saying to anybody on that committee, no, thank you. We're all right. We do not want to be in the tournament this year. We're going to punish ourselves for the way we started the season. That is what you're saying. And then you close the season out with Wake Forest, who is a quad three game right now, but they're very close. They are 76 in the net right now and 75 would make it a quad two game. So when you look at the resume as it stands, not incredible for Syracuse. They're 0-5 in quad one. They're 2-3 and three in quad two. That's all right. 6-1 and one in quad three and now 8-1 and one in quad four. As I mentioned with the Bryant uh, stretch that they've had, they have dipped to a quad four game, which makes that so much harder to swallow um, because you just look at the quick fix of that. You bump that game to a win. You get the job done at home against an inferior Bryant team. And you're 17-9 and nine right now. You have no quad four losses. And you can almost get over the Colgate loss as a quad three loss. But right now, that is not the case. So you've got to look. You've got to figure some things out. And you've got to put together a decent stretch of basketball here. Uh, Syracuse is currently 97th in the net. Somehow they beat NC State and dropped from 95 to 97. I don't get how that happens. The answer is, in reality, I do get how that happens. The Bryant game became a quad four loss. Quad four losses are terrible. Uh, So that is sort of where the dip comes from. But it does feel weird that Syracuse gets its best win of the year. But it doesn't really amount to anything in terms of the net because Bryant uh, has strung together a subpar stretch of basketball here at this point in time. I will say this. There is a lot to be excited about to close this season out in the regular season slate for Syracuse. They are playing the best basketball of the year. This is a tremendously different team than the team that lost to Bryant and the team that lost to Colgate and the team that got blown out by an Illinois team that is still pretty good, right? But this is a very, very different basketball team than that team that you saw in that sort of, I don't know, seven to 10 game stretch to start the season out. Actually, seven-game stretch. I'm looking at it right now. This is a far better team, a far improved, a far more mature basketball team than the team that you got used to seeing early on this season. Through seven games, this team was bad. They needed to figure stuff out. The defense was terrible. 
The rotation had so many question marks. The playing, the players had so many question marks. Who was going to be able to step up? Who was legit? Who needs more time? All of these questions, we're starting to figure it out. And I think of basketball right now, that if they played from game one this season, I think they probably are flipped with NC State at this point in time, in that they were, or Syracuse would have been, that low-level ranked team in the mid twenty or the low 20s, right? That is where Syracuse could have been. If not, maybe even a little bit higher if they played the entire season the way they're playing right now. They're playing much better basketball. They have gotten so much better in terms of the defense. The rebounding is starting to figure itself out. This team is starting to understand who they are and how they can work together. They get in transition. Judah Mintz, I, I talked about it a little bit on Twitter, has gotten so much more confident, so much more mature, so much smarter with the ball this season, right? He is a combo guard transferring to a point guard, and he's done a damn good job at it, and he's learning pretty quickly. Yes, there were mistakes. Yes, there's moments where you get frustrated, without a doubt, but right now, he is making tremendous strides and continues to do so to the point where he is very much warranted on NBA big boards and NBA draft boards right now. I hope he stays. I think everyone hopes he stays, and that's a conversation for another day. But right now, the growth, the improvements, the maturity that him specifically headlining this campaign, I guess you could say, but the rest of this team in figuring some things out. And honing in on some of the little things and starting to step it up, this team has gotten so much better. So five games left in the regular season. Let's take a look at what could happen beyond there, right? You've got the ACC tournament a couple of weeks away. And then maybe, just maybe, you can have a little bit of fun down the stretch. But until then, let's talk a little bit about FanDuel. It's the midway point of the NBA season. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's right, $1,000 no-sweat first bet. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet doesn't win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It is safe, it's secure, and it's easy to use. I love it. And, and that's the fun part about it is it's, it's really good interface. It's simple to do. You can bet on everything from the money line to the point scores to threes drained. We talked about it last time. I'll talk about it again. I love the two by three, basically saying, can you find two three pointers between the teams in the first three minutes of the game? That's where it gets fun. Rip it off like a bandaid. You know, I love quick bets like that. That is what you can do on FanDuel. They have so many fun and creative bets. It is Thursday right now. Let's see. What's my bet of the day? I struggle with the NBA. It's not my thing in terms of watching all too much. Only three games on the docket for Thursday. Let's go Suns money line. Let's mess around with them. I, I like it. I like what Phoenix has done. Let's go Suns money line. Uh, they're minus one technically, so you could take the point if you want to do that. That would be my bet of the day. Uh, plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner 
of the NBA. All right, we talked the remaining five games on the schedule for Syracuse. Let's take a look ahead. Let's see what could be on the docket at this point in time for the ACC tournament. Now, right now, Syracuse is exactly where it seems like it always has been in terms of the ACC tournament standing. They're in the 8-9 game. That is the Wednesday noon game. That is what Syracuse has played in four of the eight ACC tournaments that they have participated in. That's where they seem to always be. They're playing game one in that slot on Wednesday at noon. And it's a fun one. I will say that because, you know, I am a teacher, right? Never denying that. It's fun to have that game in school. I remember growing up watching that game uh, and you try to find the teacher that's going to show it and who's got it on in their classroom. Where is it? Who can watch? All of that conversation, all of that happening. Uh, it, it's a fun game in terms of that. It is not a fun game this year in terms of what that means in terms of your schedule right now. And that's something worth taking a look at. As I said, Syracuse sits at eighth right now in the ACC. They're technically tied at nine and six with Duke and Wake Forest. But Syracuse, the bottom of those three teams, puts them at the eight seed. The nine seed right now is UNC. That's tough. It's a difficult draw because UNC at eight and seven in the ACC presents a very tough and difficult battle for Syracuse. If Syracuse can find a way, and the way is there, right? You play Duke on Saturday. You play Wake Forest to close out the season. There are ways to break this tiebreaker, undoubtedly. And for Syracuse to bump up, if Syracuse could just get to the 7-10 game, that would be absolutely massive. For the orange as they take a look at what this you know acc tournament could be if they can get to the seven seed and, and jump duke or even the six seed and and you know if they jump duke and wake forest whatever it might be but if they can get out of this eight nine game in the upward trajectory that's going to be absolutely huge because it gives you your first game against the bottom of the acc it puts you against a BC, a Louisville, a Florida State, a Georgia Tech, right? That is so much better. Maybe Virginia Tech and Notre Dame in there, depending on seeding, right? That matchup is so important for Syracuse because playing North Carolina or playing a team in that caliber, right? North Carolina is the toughest team below Syracuse in terms of the ACC rankings right now. Having that UNC draw in game one, could be catastrophic for any tournament hopes and for stringing together wins and making a push in this tournament. That is difficult. It is the hardest draw for Syracuse. So being able to win a couple of games down the stretch here and possibly jump either Duke, Wake Forest, or both would be incredibly important for Syracuse's success. That would be massive. When you look at it, we'll take a look, right? We're trying to build a tournament resume for Syracuse. When you look, you're a neutral site, so your quad one games in the ACC on neutral site as things stand are Virginia, Miami, Duke, NC State, UNC, and Pitt. Clemson, Virginia Tech, and Wake present quad two games. Quad three is BC and Notre Dame. And then your Georgia Techs, your Florida State, your Louisville are your quad four games. I will say this as well. Getting out of the 8-9 game could give you a more favorable matchup. If you can get 
to that sixth seed, which you're technically tied uh, with Wake for at the moment in terms of record, not in terms of tiebreaker, a matchup against Miami would be huge uh, in game two, as opposed to if you're the seven, the matchup against probably Virginia, who I think could be the number one. That Virginia Pitt situation is weird. Uh, they are tied right now. I would assume Virginia ends up on top, which is why that 8-9 game is even more scary. But to avoid Virginia would be absolutely huge, right? And to have that game that would still be a quad one game against a Pitt, against a Miami, would be way, way more feasible in terms of a win than that Virginia squad that you played one of your best games of the season against and fell short down the stretch. The ACC tournament right now is a great opportunity for Syracuse, but they can improve that and make it an even more favorable thing. And that's what you need to do with the five games to close the season out at this point in time. If you can string together a few wins, maybe you win three out of five, maybe you win four out of five. I think that's best case scenario. Winning four out of five would be gigantic. It's a big ask, I know, but going three and two, probably puts you realistically in the 8-9 game, possibly could put you uh, in that 7-C, the 7-10, 7-15 game, whoever wins that matchup, that kind of deal. I don't know, uh, but it would be really, really big for Syracuse to be able to get out of that 8-9 slot where they're going to be playing a UNC and then have, in theory – your toughest possible matchup in terms of a Virginia on the schedule down the stretch there. Interesting to see what happens. We don't really know what will. There's a lot of basketball to be played, but as we've started to see, right, you're, you're starting to solidify where teams are falling and the variation and the parity that you can start to see is closing down and that gap is restraining. So you are starting to see where things are going to fall for the ACC tournament in terms of seeding, in terms of where things go from there. Big question now on the docket has to do with the NCAA tournament. It is an incredibly Syracuse thing to do, to have everyone write them off, to be out of the question, to be done for fans, coaches, whoever, to think this season's over and then start to play their way back in. They are very much on the outside looking in. This is not like you are, you know, outside of the venue. You are not in the city right now. You need to start traveling there. You got to get on the bus. And the bus is starting to load up, right? The seats are filling slowly. They're getting there. You've won three in a row. You were starting to play better basketball. That Boston College, Florida State stretch seemed to refine some things for Syracuse. And it shows against NC State where they are finally able to close out a game. There are games on the schedule that they can win. We talked about it, right? The recap portion of this. You've got right now two quad one games and a quad two game on the schedule with Wake very much being a second quad two game. Those are big opportunities. And if you can string, I think you got to win four in that five game stretch. But if you can, in theory, you know, beat, you don't even have to beat, lose to Duke at home on Saturday and then close out the season with four wins. That seems like the easiest route to do it. Um, but you could 
Any four wins outside of a Georgia Tech loss could probably do the trick. But a Duke loss is okay because it sets Duke on the trajectory to become a quad one loss, which I guess is better than the other situations. You beat Clemson, that's a quad one win. You beat Pittsburgh on the road, that's a quad one win. You beat Georgia Tech at home, that is do or die. You beat Wake Forest at home, that's a quad two win. Hopefully, at the moment, it's a quad three. You win those four games, you go to the ACC tournament, you're probably a six seed. You go into the ACC tournament, you beat whoever you play in that six seed game, one of the bottom feeders of the ACC, undoubtedly. And then you play a Miami, in theory, or you play a Pitt, in theory, depending on where you fall. You win those two games, you lose in the ACC semifinal. I don't really think that matters. I think you've got a decent enough resume to be in the conversation down the stretch. Will it happen? I don't know. But they are playing good enough basketball right now for it to happen. And I think that's a big deal. Because for a while, they were not playing good enough basketball for it to happen. Is it time to buy in? I'd buy a little bit right? Take a long shot. Take a see what happens, right? It's it's worth a little sprinkle right now. I don't think it's worth throwing everything on there and completely buying in, but it's not a time to sell right now. And, and, and I think that's where you stand, right? There is potential here for Syracuse to start doing enough to be in the bubble conversation a few weeks from now. There is enough there for them to play like that. Can they play like they did against NC State? Because if they do, I think they can play themselves into a conversation. Can they play like they have at their best for a complete 40 minutes? If they can, that will propel them into the conversation. They're there. They are right there. And they're playing at the level that they need to play at. Can they string seven to eight games together to close the season right now, your five regular season games, and you probably need to win two in the ACC tournament? Can you string together a seven-game stretch? I don't care what happens in the semifinal of the ACC tournament. If you make it there, you've done some good. In the seven-game stretch that would, in theory, lead to the ACC tournament semifinal, can you play good enough basketball? This team can. They have what it takes. They can do it. They have shown it and are showing it far more frequently and for way longer stretches and elongated spans of time. It's getting there. It really is. And it's fun to watch. This is a team that, you know, Jim said it and I kind of rolled my eyes because it was in, you know, that interview with all the other chaos of 95% of people want me to stay. And, uh, you know, Pitt and Miami are buying teams and everyone else is buying teams in the ACC and all of that. He mentioned this and, and I wrote it off and sort of scoffed at it a little bit, but it is a fun team to watch. They have a great time on the court. They have a great time playing. The bench energy is through the roof. Quadir Copeland and John Bull, I would love to just sit there with them and go nuts and have some fun and mess around. You talk to Jesse Edwards three, Quadir Copeland could have gotten the team teed up. He was on the baseline sprinting back and forth, going absolutely crazy as John Bull is going berserk as well on the sideline. That bench has more fun than any bench that I've seen recently. Uh, they do so much. And the big thing about that bench too, and I'm on a tangent, but I'm going to finish, is when you see benches have that much fun, 
and go crazy like that, it is typically with a team that is in the top tier of basketball. That's winning game after game after game. You don't always see teams that have struggled and grinded and aren't really where they want to be or where you thought they could be. You don't see teams like that have as much fun on the sideline as Syracuse basketball does. And I think that is a reflection of what Jim was hinting at. And now that we've sort of separated from the conversation, I appreciate the take that this is a team that's fun and they're enjoyable to watch because they can compete. They have the potential for big plays. They have really fun stretches and big stretches and they can compete with any team that they play in the ACC. They can beat any basketball team in the Atlantic coast conference on any day, they truly can. They just need to string together the quality minutes. And that is the potential that this team has. Are they going to make the NCAA tournament? I'm going to close on a negative, And I hate closing on a negative. They are not. However, I think they play themselves into a conversation. Maybe it's still the outside looking in. But this team has the potential and the skill. And currently are at a level where they can play themselves into that conversation. I do inevitably think they fall short, but my hope right now, and this is where I'll leave, is that, I guess we'll throw this one out there, the night is darkest just before the dawn. And you had a losing season last year. And you had an underwhelming start to the season this year. But if you can bring this young core back, there is so much light that can shine on this Syracuse basketball program. I really do believe it. I love this young core. I love what Judah has done. Can he stay? I don't know. I like the progression we're starting to see from Bell. Taylor has that splash, that ability, that power, what he can do. You got to refine a little bit. I like the youth. I love the energy Copeland brings. Will it stay? I don't know. Right? This is a fun team with a fun core that can do really good things. You got to attack the transfer portal. This is now going really macro, but that's okay. You got to attack the portal. Maybe you find someone in the class of 23. I know there are going to be some big recruits, big in terms of height. And of course, right now, his name is going to slip my mind. The guy is like 7'2". He is absolutely gigantic. Um, But I... I'm struggling. Max Paracone, I think, is the guy's name, right? Or am I looking at someone else? Oh, no, that was the the football recruit that we got. We got the preferred walk-on the other day. I'm all over the place. Uh, I apologize for that. Uh, but Syracuse with a big recruit coming into the Dome uh, in terms of height, 7'2 kid in the 23 class. Going to be a project, uh, but would be good in terms of the replacement of Jesse. And, and maybe you get Peter Carey that fills things out. Whatever it is, you got to find a little bit to help you out. This young core is fun. I apologize for the derailment there, but that is okay. Let's hop right back in. Uh, that's where we'll leave off for today. Thank you so much for making Locked On Syracuse your first listen today. Your second listen needs to be Locked On College Basketball. Isaac and Andy bring you everything you need to know on and off the court. That's Locked On Basketball or Locked On College Basketball, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Big one tomorrow. We preview Duke tomorrow. We take it into the weekend. Should be a fun crowd at the Dome. I am planning on getting there, planning on grabbing some tickets uh, and showing my face in there. If you see me, say hi. That'd be awesome. 
Uh, shout out, I saw someone bowling the other day. I appreciate you coming up, saying hello, uh, and reaching out however you can. You can find us at LO underscore Syracuse on Twitter. You can reply in the comments. I try to read all of those every time uh, I finish up a video and start to post for the next one. So hit us in the comments, hit us on Twitter, whatever you prefer. If you'd like, we'd really appreciate it. Subscribe right there. If you'd like another video right there, thank you so much. I will catch you tomorrow. Uh, until then.